the kids. So if you want one of those, I think Ashley's bringing them around and Eliza's bringing them around. That way you guys have some coloring sheets and stuff to do over the next few minutes. Everybody got one? Yay! Still need one? Raise your hand. Right here. We need one right up here. Thanks, y'all, for, uh, for joining us this morning. Uh, thank you to Ashley and Eliza and Brent and everybody who's worked so hard to, to make a way for us to have like a family gathering where we get to eat together and just kind of enjoy being with one another. I mean, it feels like a holiday when we actually gathered like this, putting activity bags together. I hope y'all enjoy those. Uh, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to jump into uh, the Easter story together uh, for a few minutes. Let's pray. Our Father, I thank you for this day, and we thank you for all these people here who, uh, because of Jesus Christ and his death and his resurrection, uh, you, have, you have called us together. You have made us a family. We thank you that you are alive and, and that you have made us one, and, uh, and Lord, we just celebrate what you have done this morning. I pray that over the next few minutes... Uh, and throughout our service this morning, um, that you would just fill our hearts with joy. That you would fill our hearts with just like a, a, the reality that this isn't just a story that happened a long time ago. This is a story that uh, is presently giving us life. It's presently good news for us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. So we're going we're gonna to look at John chapter 20 this morning. Uh, it's, we're going to hear a little bit of the story we just heard from the Jesus Storybook Bible, and I'm going to read it to us, 
this is John chapter 20, 1 through 31, and it's the story of Easter morning. It says this. It says, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and she went to Simon Peter and the other disciple and the one whom Jesus loved and said to them, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple and they were going towards the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and he reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen clothes lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and he went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloth lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and he believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. And then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, She stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went and she announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and he stood among them and he said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, who is one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see In his hands the marks of the nails, and place my finger in the mark of the nails, and place my hand in his side, I will never believe. But eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them, although the doors were locked. And Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, and see my hands, and put out your hand, and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. 
But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Well, it's Easter, it's Resurrection Sunday, and we're all gathered here to, to celebrate uh, that Jesus is risen. But I always come on this question of like, why are we actually here? Like, why did you actually show up this morning? I mean, the world, I think oftentimes like seems like it's on fire, you know, like the daily news of war and violence and all kinds of just general brokenness like surrounds us day in and day out. And, and I think that many people uh, feel like with the world in such chaos and such pain, uh, our church services and our thoughts and our prayers, maybe they just aren't really doing any good. And perhaps you've even felt that if the story of Jesus is just some uh, religious thing from a long time ago that you're supposed to believe happened, and if you believe that it happened, then something will be there for you in the afterlife, but if it, it doesn't deal with today, and it doesn't deal with the mess of this world, and maybe you felt like if it doesn't deal with now, maybe I don't really need it. If we're honest, I think most of us have those kinds of doubts and thoughts, at least from time to time, even the faithful churchgoers. So why do we really come? Why do we come today? Maybe you've come today because there's tradition in your family to go to church on Easter. Uh, perhaps you come because you come every Sunday to church. Maybe you just thought it'd be a nice thing to do today. But I think there might be even a, a, a deeper reason. I think there's a reason under all of those reasons. And I think that we show up today on Easter because we're still holding out a little hope that there's more to Jesus. We at least want there to be, right? Like Jesus' promises sound really good. We know that his claim is that he loves us all so much that he came and that he died on the cross for us. Right? Who doesn't want to be loved like that where somebody would die for you? And his claim is also that the cross wasn't the end of the story. Not for him and not for us. Jesus died on, died on the cross, but three days later, as we just read, came the resurrection, and he's alive. And Jesus claims to give us this like new and eternal life that he has. And Jesus says that he's making all things new. He points to heaven, which is supposed to be like this utterly perfect and unbroken place where his perfect love saturates everything and everyone, and there's no more weeping and no more violence and no more mourning and no more death and no more loss, no more hate. And so though we all have like our questions, I think our hope is still alive. Like we'd love for the story to be true. And so I just, I ask, what if it is true? What does Easter really matter? Could the resurrection of Jesus matter here and now? Could it matter here for us today? Not just like in the distant past when it happened, when Jesus died and rose again, and not just like in the afterlife after we die. But could it matter in our day-to-day -day life now? If you felt this way, if you've ever doubted, but you've also wished that it was true, I'm with you. Like, I don't want a faith that has nothing to do with today. I certainly don't want to spend my whole lifetime uh, just like going through some motions and hopes that I get somewhere else after here. That's why I'm here to, 
tell you this morning that whether you're here for habit or because you're here for tradition or if you've just got some genuine curiosity going on, there is more to the story. And the good news this morning is that it, it does matter for today. The resurrection of Jesus matters for today. It matters for today. It matters for every day and forever. And you matter to Jesus today and every day forever. And his resurrection life is available. We just read this story of Jesus' resurrection as told by John. Um, and there's just three things that I want us to notice in this story this morning that assure us that the good news of Jesus' resurrection is for us, for eternity, but also presently. And that's this. One is there's a present family identity. Two is there's a commission for us here and now. And the third thing is this is a promise to live from. It gives us a promise to live from. And so the first thing is, is that let's look at the good news of a present family identity. When Mary Magdalene recognizes Jesus, John says in verse 17 of chapter 20, that Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and then say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Jesus is obviously telling the disciples that he isn't sticking around right now, but that he's going to go and be with the Father. But Jesus is also having Mary deliver some really good news about the reality that they, have now, um, that they now live in. He says, go and tell my brothers, I'm going to be with my Father. I'm going to be with your Father, my God, your God. This new reality is that they are a family. They've a common bond. He calls them brothers. He says that it's his father and their father. And that isn't something that's just going to be like the case someday. It's true now because Jesus is alive. The cross and the resurrection of Jesus means that God wants you as his child. God wants you as his son. He wants you as his daughter presently, now, and forever. If you're anything like me, like you do often hear and believe lies that are whispered to you. Maybe things like you're not good enough, you're not qualified. If people really knew you, they wouldn't really like you, they wouldn't really love you. Maybe you feel unlovable. Maybe you feel like you're a waste. Maybe you feel like um, you got to earn your love. you got to earn the right to be loved by somebody, but you never will be able to. Whatever the lies are that you hear, they can, they can be brutal. And they can lead to exhaustion as we strive to like impossibly redeem ourselves. But the Jesus who died and who rose again so long ago proves that that stuff you believe about yourself and that I believe about myself often today, it's all lies. The resurrected Jesus proves that our Father loves you, that our Father wants you, that He wants you as His child. Certainly, it's not because you've proven yourself. It's not because you're worthy. We've all rejected Jesus. We've all sinned. We've all been God's enemy. It's only because he has loved you with the perfect love of a perfect father. So God, who made you, he really does know you, and he knows the worst parts about you, yet he loves you so much that Jesus gave his life for you. And that means you're lovable. That means you're not a waste. That means you're cherished and that you are beloved by God. And that's the identity that we gain from the death and the resurrection of Jesus. 
And so this morning, I just think it's a good question to ask, like, how might it change your day today if you believed that wholeheartedly, that you're loved and that you're cherished as a child of God, that you're part of his family, that he died and and rose again for you? Not just one day, not just for something to happen one day, but for you today. What if you stopped believing all the lies that the enemy whispers in your ear and started believing the proclamation of the cross and resurrection of Jesus as the truth about who you are to God? He loves you. He calls you family. He calls us family. Isn't that a truth that should change things for us today? Now let's take a look into the the good news of our here and now commission. This is the second thing. Later in the evening in the story, Jesus visits the disciples. And John 20, 21 through 23 tells us that he said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. You may have heard before that, that what Jesus uh, told the disciples prior to his death and resurrection. He says this in John 14. He says, I go and I prepare a place for you, and I'll come again and I'll take you to myself, that where I am you may also be. And that's certainly true. That's still the case. It's a great promise. It's an assurance of hope for the future. And it's probably even in the disciples' minds in this moment uh, as Jesus is saying he's going to go be with the Father. But notice, Jesus doesn't just show up talking about what he's going to go do and what's going to come in the future. He comes to commission them, telling them that they are now to follow his lead. He's sending them out to do what he has shown them how to do and given them the power to do it. Jesus says, peace be with you. He actually says it a couple times, which is like emphasizing this point. What God sent Jesus to do, which is to die for the forgiveness of their sins so that nothing could stand between them and God any longer, means that not even death can separate them from God. Peace be with you. And then he continues with this commission, basically saying, now, just as the Father sent me to bring forgiveness to you by laying down my own life, Now I'm sending you to do the same thing for others. Your job is to carry the forgiveness of God to others. And so Jesus breathed on them, giving them the Holy Spirit so that the power of God goes with them. Look, I think this is where Easter actually gets costly for us. The cross and the resurrection sends us to the world here and now. It's a lot easier, actually, if you just think it's it's for later right? But the cross and resurrection sends us to the world here and now in the same way that Jesus went out for the world. It's actually one of the things that I love about the whole gospel story of redemption. Jesus lets us in on it, right? We get a part to play. We get to give ourselves for the very thing that we want the world to be. Jesus called the disciples to this throughout his ministry. He was always talking about like taking up your cross and following him or, or about how to how the last would be first, or about how to gain your life, uh, you have to lose it. And it wasn't just talk. He was showing them how to live the resurrection life with his own. Because he knew that whether he lived or whether he died, his life would never end. He once said in John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, 
yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And so what Jesus is saying here is that in his death and resurrection, we have the same peace with God in him. And we have a job to do presently that can only be done as we follow him. Listen, this is a, a bigger call in our life than just going out and like passing out tracts or getting up the courage to go witnessing door to door or finding ways to invite people to church. We're, we're called to something bigger than just like growing our numbers as a church. The death and resurrection of Jesus shows us that we can lay ourselves down in a thousand different ways daily to bring peace to others. Because Jesus did that for us. We can lay ourselves down to bring forgiveness to others. Forgiveness will often lead us to die to ourselves. And we can only do that if our hope is not in ourselves, but is in Jesus alone. The miracle of it, of it is, is that the Holy Spirit is with us. And he's working out his restorative work in all of creation, like through us as we follow Jesus, dying to ourselves and discovering true life in Christ as we trust him and submit to live in, in, in what really is such a seemingly upside-down way in this world. This is a here-and-now commission. This is for us today. It proves we aren't just waiting for an afterlife. Jesus is alive, and he's active, and he's calling us to truly like, live in and through him by joining in the work of making him known to everyone by joining into the work of inviting everybody into the family of God, by laying ourselves down because we know that our life is secure in Him. The last thing I want us to notice is why John says he wrote all this. And it comes just after the part about Thomas and, and how Jesus let him touch these scars in his hands where the nails were driven in on the cross. And, and then he lets him touch his side where he was pierced with the spear. Then Thomas believed, and, and we see in uh, John 20, 28 through 29, he said, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. And then John closes out his writing by saying this in verses 30 through 31. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Why did John write all this? Why are we reading this story today? He wrote it for those of us who weren't there and who have not seen Jesus in person. And he wrote it so that we would believe that Jesus is the Christ, that he's the Son of God, and that by believing you and I may have life now and forever. That's not just afterlife talk. It's an invitation for you and I to find something right here and now because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He wrote it to give us a promise to live from. So whatever brought you here this morning, tradition, habit, curiosity, otherwise, if there was some hope in you that maybe the story is real, that maybe Jesus has something to say to you here and now, I hope you hear the good news of Jesus in a way that that swells your hopes this morning. I, I hope that you hear that you are loved 
right where you are and as you are, and that Jesus died and rose again and gained victory over all the lies you've heard from others or even from yourself. You are loved today, and you are loved forever, more than you can ever fathom. And I hope that you hear that Jesus has made peace with God for you And that this whole faith in Jesus thing isn't just about like speculating on what's going to happen to us after we die, but that the peace he has made for you with God is meant for you to begin living now. And actually you're invited into the restorative work that he's doing as he makes all things new. I think it's actually really pretty gritty stuff, but I, I hope that you can hear an invitation from Jesus and from his story in his teachings and in his leadings, to die to yourself and live the resurrection life of Jesus. Yes, there's a heaven. There's eternal life. And all of those great ultimate promises are true. But the resurrection of Jesus has a lot to say about today. But what he has to say, or what he has said, is that the life you were created for by God is found presently, today, in the resurrection life found on the other side of dying to yourself and giving yourselves over to Jesus and trusting him. The resurrection of Jesus matters today. It matters every day and it matters forever. And you matter to Jesus today and every day forever. And his resurrection life is available today. Jesus died and he rose again and he has invited you to do the same thing. The question for us all, is will we trust him? Can we trust him? We're going to move into a time of response as we do each week, but especially today on Easter as we celebrate this resurrection of Jesus and the resurrection life that he gives us. And we're going to come together again and we're going to take communion as we do each week. And when we do this, we're taking the bread and we can dip it in the wine or the juice uh, representing the body and the blood of Jesus that was given for us. And as we take it, we are remembering that like, he's who's giving us our life, that we can't provide life for ourselves. He sustains us. His life is for us today and forever. And so we come and we remember Jesus Christ who died and rose again for us. And we proclaim Jesus is risen and that he is our Savior to one another. And so if you're a Christian and you can make this confession with us, we invite you to come and to take with us and to remember and proclaim Christ together whether you're a member at Redemption Church or not. As you come, if you want to give offering or tithe, there is a basket in the back. You can also do that electronically. Um, That's not an advertisement for you to give us money. This is a time for you to remember that God is your provider. It's a time to take a moment to remember the way he has sustained us, all the life that he gives us, everything that he gives us, and to worship him. Uh, Sometimes we know that just slips out of our accounts or whatever, and we forget about it. Don't forget about it. Remember who he is. Remember that act of worshiping him through giving. So I'm going to pray for us, and I'm going to invite us to come and to take. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you again for this morning, and we thank you for Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We thank you for your great love for us, which has been made known to us in Jesus. God, I pray that... um, that you speak here this morning, not just through our words, not through just our songs, definitely through that, um, but through even as we take together, as we have eaten together, as we are 
uh, even playing together and have the whole family in the building. Man, doesn't that speak to the present reality? We were not a people, but we have been made a people. We are a family with, with one another, but in and through Jesus Christ. And you are our Father because of Jesus. God, help us like step into that present life, that present eternal life that you have given us where we can give for one another and we can lay ourselves down for one another and we can bring the peace of Christ to others. Help us to make the real Jesus known. Help us to invite everybody into the family of God. Draw people to yourself and make yourself known everywhere for who you are. May the good news uh, just spring up from the ground. Salvation spring up from the ground. In Jesus' name, amen.